Welcome to the No Direction Podcast, where we say whatever we want and invite guests to do the same. We're here to prove that conversations can be raw, real, and sometimes downright hilarious, even when we don't see eye to eye. So buckle up, grab a drink, and let's dive in to this crazy, unfiltered world of opinions and insights. It's going to be a bumpy, profanity-laden ride. Hello, and welcome to the No Direction Podcast. Uh, Today, we have an interesting um, interviewee. This is Lloyd Anderson, and he just discovered something crazy about his family, Um, and we're going to share that, but let's let's, let's talk a little bit and get to know Lloyd a little bit more. Yeah. It feels very um, serial killer esque to me. Come be on my podcast and meet me in my basement. You know? So, <laughs> so uh, you, no, you didn't go to the happy hour. Um, but Simon, so he's this guy that uh, I, I met him working out at the gym every day. And uh, we just, because he's a contractor, so we kind of hit it off pretty quickly. Yeah. And then uh, he doesn't live at this house. This is the house he used to live in. Then he met his wife when he was building the property over there behind the Safeway over 181st. And so him and his wife live there, right? right? And so he just kept the other house as going to be a rental. And so he started doing some remodeling and he never finished. And so (laughs) this is, now I've just gotten to know the guy. I've only known him for maybe two or three months. And we're now we're riding bikes together and we're hanging out quite a bit. So, and he's like, hey, I need to stop by my house. You want to go with me real quick? I'm like, okay, I haven't been there yet, but why not? You know, he's a contractor and he's got all these Connex boxes out back and he's showing me all the tools and equipment that he has. And then he wants to show me some of the remodeling he's done inside the house. And I step inside and like, man, it's all bare studs. He's torn out all the drywall. Well, yes, yeah, because he's going to do some framing and, you know, but this okay. has been going on for years. Yeah. And so he goes, come on downstairs. Let me show you the downstairs because that one's almost done. And he steps down the ladder into the basement. So not stairs. Allow, no, allow. there's no stairs. Okay. So yeah, he's cool. removed the stairs because he was going to relocate the stairs. But currently he just has a set of stair or a ladder to get down there right okay. and uh and i'm like oh god this is a john that's what i was wondering i'm like what the hell dude this is like john wayne gacy thing going on he's he stops he goes who's that no I'm like, oh dear god yeah. simon you're 64 years old you don't know who john wayne gacy is <laughs> like, wow yeah yeah so it was was the downstairs how was it the was finished and so you could tell as a contractor and what it as some you know he's one of those contractors i went this is a great opportunity right i'm going to over order a little bit too much tile for this one because it's a beautiful tile so every room that you went into it was beautiful but it did not match the next room right so <laughs> oh it's one of those yeah it's like the, the is it the lindsey borden is she the one that kept constantly having oh her house? winchester it's it's the winchester house yeah right? the winchester house yeah what is her name though uh, mary winchester isn't it well, i don't uh, know yeah i think clearly some... lindsey borden is a different person yeah, she was the maybe murder. this is where i'll get my hate mail <laughs> <laughs> send it to me today i think she was the one that like wasn't she the one that murdered her family like axed them in bed or something Maybe. My wife watches a lot of murder porn, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I listen to my favorite murder uh, podcast. Okay. Only podcast I listen to that and the grit podcast. I listen to both of those. Um, And my favorite murder. uh, I love it. It's, It's like it's it's intriguing. It's not that I want to go murder people. It's just intriguing the yeah, it's murder process. porn. It's yeah. It, yeah it, okay. Yeah. Sure. It's it's the mindset <laughs> of. What got this person to 
do these things. And it, what's really interesting and what they've discovered is a lot of serial killers have had some sort of traumatic brain injury in their lifetime. Yeah, I've heard that. It's a smacking on the head or falling on a coffee table or something like right. that. That yeah. just kind of like disrupts that one little, yeah, because they're not, not a lot of people are born as, as a sociopath. Right. So, and I, w- I wonder, yeah. there's got to be something there, right? I, I would imagine so. Like my brother, I, I I genuinely think my brother is a sociopath. I mean, in, he's more, more than welcome to listen to this, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> but he probably won't. <laughs> no, no, he's in Michigan anyways. I haven't right. even seen him since I was 14 when I came back from Michigan. And uh, I remember uh, a time when we were younger. And this is just because he was always, we did like stupid things, right? And is that we, there was a pond. We'd all walk to the pond and it was about four or five miles away. And we'd go swimming in the pond. And our thing was to roll down in the dirt, right? Roll around in the mud in the bond of the pond. And the one that came up with the most leeches was the winner my brother invented this and it was great and so wow. we would pluck the leeches off each other right <laughs> that is, that is, i don't know if you'd ever catch a female doing that, uh, my sister would join us really absolutely there's yeah. parts on a female where leeches could go and yeah you know, we were really hard to retrieve yeah we were young and okay. we didn't care we'd get them for you <laughs> that's not the part i'm talking about <laughs> there's, there's, so unless you're that family. Well, so my brother invented that that uh, that leech situation, and then I mean, wow. eventually it like I I remember one time, uh, it's the Monhead. So he's a half brother, anyways, and they're the Monhead side is my mother's married another guy after me, right after I was born, and had all these other children with him, and uh, they're less than all ideal human beings, especially in Escanaba. So if you ever seen the movie Escanaba in the Moonlight. I've never even heard of it. Jeff Daniels, you got to watch it. It is okay. a true depiction of what Escanaba is. It, Escanaba is in the UP. So Michigan's shaped like a mitt. Okay. And then you go across this really long Mackinac Bridge up there to the Upper Peninsula. That's technically in Canada, mm-hmm. essentially, but it's just it. They they subdivided it off. <laughs> even Canada doesn't want this. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants it. Yeah, men are men, and sheep run scared. So okay, it, <laughs> awesome. So, so my brother, he he took. I mean, we, we, of course, you're, it's a we, it's a farm, so of course you're slaughtering your animals there. But my brother had a lot of really pleasurable experiences chopping the chickens' heads off, and then it got to the point where he would take the turkey. Turkey vultures aren't worth anything, right? I didn't do anything, but they just run around and then eat your damn chicken feed, feed right? Sure. So he would start tying bailing wire and hanging them and let just he would just sit there and watch them hang in the barn until he died it was are you sure he's not a serial killer i haven't seen or spoke to him well after mom passed away i talked to him for a brief minute he he messaged me on facebook and said some horrible things like thank god that bitch is dead so oh okay yeah so i don't i have nothing to say to him he's a horrible person yeah and watches birds hang by the neck yeah the, the twitching and the Oh, God, he would take, wow. I mean, it, 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 don't get me wrong, after you've killed a few chickens, it is funny to watch them run around with no head, but, <laughs> like, you don't, it's not, eating, it's not popcorn thing, you know, you're not eating popcorn while you're watching chickens run around, right. that's not, or it's like, oh, God. finger in your belly button and getting all excited about it. <laughs> like, the Jim Bundy, or yeah. is it John Bundy, right? I don't, uh, it is, God, what is his name from Married with Children, right? Yeah, is yeah. you're thinking of? Ted, but no, not no. Ted. But. <laughs> <laughs> More serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and people are screaming it through their their uh, radios right now. It is. Ah, he was a he was a football player. 
<laughs> was he a football? I know he's a Al football. Bundy. Al Bundy. Yeah. yeah and so that I, was his character. His character yes. was a high school, okay. you know, high school pa- player. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. was I he in real in life? Re- he was an NFL player. Really? I think so. He does not seem like he has the structure for it. Uh, no, not even a little bit. Yeah. But I think maybe it was different back then. Was it leather? Hel- it wasn't leather helmet time. They had, they had actual <laughs> no, real like helmets. It's like the 60s. Yeah. The 40s and 50s, maybe. Yeah. I think they had, they must have had helmets by the 60s because somebody had fallen off a motorcycle by then. Realized uh, leather wasn't doing it. Yeah, you would think so. I, oh. You know, so my phone has rang twice since we've been sitting here. And we've only I been recording mine. for 11 minutes. Well, mine's on silence, always on silent because oh. I'm of that generation. We never have our phone on volume. But yesterday I got nine calls from just random solicitor numbers. Yeah. And so I clearly I've gotten on some list because this is day, I think, two or three of multiple calls. Are you guys buying a house? No. No. We're not buying a house. We're not looking to buy a house. We're yeah. not financing anything. We're not looking to finance anything. Yeah, because the wife is like, man, like the day one, because, you know, as you know, we're buying that. Uh, maybe, you know, it, uh, Kirsten's helping us buy that property over there in Damascus. Right. For your right? business, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no. It's, oh, it's yeah. for your house. Yes. It's our pri- primary residence. It's yes. Primary that's right. Residence. We're going to live there. Perfect. Yes. To uh-huh. live in. Mm-hmm. Murphy beds and everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like it. I like so, it. Anyway. Anyways, uh, so, I mean, I, I got the email from the lender that said, uh, uh, you know, you guys are buying property and just we're going to run your run your report. And as soon as we run your credit report, that's, of course, when you get all the phone calls. And I was like, oh, my God, I remember that when we bought our first house, like, all those years ago. I never want to go through that again. So I right. went through and I opt, did the opt-out thing. And apparently the wife was just busy or oblivious and didn't read the email or whatever. And then day one, she had 50 phone calls before the end of the day. She had literally screenshot them and just kept sending them to us. And like, I was like, oh, God. Wow. So, so she got 50 phone calls. On and day one. you got 50 text messages. I didn't get anything. Oh. Yeah, because I opted out. I, I no, logged no, in and did that. She was texting you, right? Screenshot. Oh, yeah. No, because she was just because uh, it kept coming through. Oh. So she would just show the thread of all the different numbers that it came through. So, yeah. It is it also Blood Works Northwest? I have given blood to them a few times, and I shit you not, they call me every single day wanting to me wanting me to give blood. So I don't answer. I should answer and just say stop calling. Which is what I did about six months ago. I said, stop calling. So they waited about six months. And now every goddamn day I get a call from them. And it, I like giving to Bloodworks Northwest, but because my blood stays in the Northwest. So it could potentially help somebody I know. Whereas the Red Cross, um, they're a for-profit and their blood could go wherever because they sell it. Um, not that you shouldn't give to the Red Cross. Don't send me hate mail about that. But that's who I choose to give somewhere else. But it's like they're volunteers. It's on robocall and it's constantly calling me. And it's like, yeah. fuck's sake, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to give blood because you call me so much. Now it's like principle. It's like I got to put my heels in the ground. Right. Yeah. 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 I hate, that's the one thing. I know that. You know, because I do a lot of, I mean, as a business, you know this, right? As a business owner, the one thing you do to, to know that you're a successful business owner is to never experience the fact that I've now, I've reached my point. I've never, I've never, I've never hit the climax. I don't know anything about what I'm doing, right? So I'm always learning, right? right. Yeah. And so I do, I because I, I have sales guys and I'm not a very good sales guy. And I, so I take a lot of sales classes to like mm-hmm. that, 
I, that way I take the experience that I'm learning from this class and I take it back to them. And then I guess what, guys? And it, always, it gives me like that. I just, you know, I'm fresh. I just ate the candy bar and I know what it's all about. Right. right? And so I always come across as the smart guy, which I have no idea because 10 minutes from now, I'm going to I'm going to regurgitate that, that, you know, that, that candy bar. And it's going to be gone. But. One of the big things that they say is, is there's always seven points of contact or it's for all the different classes. Of day. Most of them are right around seven, seven points of contact. Sure. So you send an email the first time, let them know you're coming out. You Then you send an email. Like, so it's just It goes on and on and on. So they can see the name and they can see the company name. And they, you just keep like regurgitating your constant. Like, and then once it's you've done the estimate, at that mm-hmm. point, you're supposed to contact them every three minutes. And of course, I'm exaggerating, but that's the... That's what it feels like. Yeah, my God, it's horrible. And so I just like... I, you get one call. If you're a customer, you get one call and it's a week from the estimate. That's it. That I will never teach the guys to constantly bombard them. I don't mind sending out the email. Hey, this is who's coming. Right. I'll be there at such and such. Here's what you can expect. And, you know, just a reminder email. Sure. I'm on my way. Because they've asked for it. Right. They've asked for this. You're sending them a reminder email. You're just confirming because you don't want to show up and have them have forgotten that you're coming and wasting your time yeah, yeah. it's it's hard because i mean you know, i still do estimates myself i'll do roofing estimates especially in washington because i don't for whatever reason i'm always stuck going over to washington i don't mind but um you know like i'll, I'll do my estimates are quick you know i'll give you a quick education of a, a roof what you're gonna get what you expect and then i'm out and it's 20 minutes half an hour maybe because 30 minutes on the roof of measuring you know everything i need to know you know for that sort of thing and then the customers are like that's it Good Lord, the last guy was here for four hours. I almost had to call the cops to get him out of here. <laughs> I did that with windows. When we went to go buy windows, we had, uh, so I can't remember what window company, came in and brought like this big presentation and brought all these different kinds of windows to share with us, all these kinds of windows that we could buy. We don't know anything about windows. Just tell me what I need and tell me how much it's going to cost. Give me a low, medium, and a high and tell me the pros and cons of each and then be on your way and I'll be on my way. It's not a um, uh, timeshare sale, right? Good luck getting out of one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I have the husband I have because when it comes to doing the timeshare sales, I always buy into it like, oh, yes, I need to go to the thing because I need the free thing. I don't care what it is. <laughs> is it a beach towel? Is it a show in Vegas? Let's go get the free shit. And my husband's like, no. No, I'm not wasting my vacation doing that. And I said, okay, let's just give him one hour, one hour. And he's like, fine, at one hour, we're leaving. I'm like, okay. So then he's the asshole, right? So he's, he's, he looks at me and says, dude, we just came for the free stuff. We're not buying. Nothing you could say will get us to buy today. We literally, I can show you my bank account. We don't have enough money to purchase what you're trying to give us. Um, and then they'll go, oh, okay, let me go get you your thing. And then inevitably another salesman uh-huh. comes in. Yeah. And then you never get your free thing. So I've got like this like starry-eyed look of like the world is so awesome and they're going to give me this free thing for just listening to their speech. And yeah, no, four hours later, which my husband would never get to that point. So I'm very fortunate yeah, I think to they'll... have him drag me out of there. And I feel bad the whole time. I'm like, oh, my God, I hurt their feelings. He goes... You didn't hurt their feelings. They are molesting our eardrums. <laughs> like, <laughs> like walk, walk away. The beach towel is not worth it. I will buy you a beach towel, Aaron. And yeah, I think uh, the wife and I did one when we went to Cabo. Not a place where you go and if you don't drink. Cabo is not the place to go. If you don't drink, you yeah, don't drink. I'm going to Cabo in December. Do you drink? 
Uh, That's enough because you we don't drink at all. I, so I, there's I, no. I have the occasional drink. Sometimes when I go to a party, I'll get shit faced and yeah, have that's fun okay and we go. don't drink at all well, my wife doesn't drink at all and i'll have like a beer or two but yeah. like past a beer or past the second beer i right. start getting that like oh my god i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and uh, it's just gonna and be... regret it oh yes. it's miserable and i don't it's half the time if i i have to if i decide i'm gonna drink a beer it's gonna be at like before six o'clock mm-hmm. like seven o'clock's the latest because if it's even it's <laughs> one beer Oh, dude, it's like I get such a horrible hangover. It's like, ah, it's not a hor- – it's just that like, ugh. Like I, ba- I ate a bad fish last night or something. It's a slight headache. I just don't have the energy. I mean I get up at 4 in the morning. So yes. yeah. Like, I, I, no, I a do. beer is not that's, worth well, it. Well, that's why I switched over to weed. <laughs> it doesn't give you really a hangover. It's just ha- a half an edible – and you're good to go. I haven't done that. So the I hadn't smoked pot in probably since high school. I mean, I remember like smoke, you know, I was I, back in high school. I just smoked sure. quite a bit. Right. And the wife, she's, you know, she's been clean for like 20 years, never done anything to drink or didn't smoke pot or anything. And and then uh, one night we just got shit faced um, at, at a tavern with her son. And because uh, I think Jeff was 21, 22 years old at the time. And uh we were with her brother and her son, and then Jeff whips out, you know, and he's young. He's 20, you know, he's in his early 20s, and he whips that weed out, right? And this is the new millennial weed. Right, right. yeah. The, uh, from what I understand, Holy it's shit. a lot stronger. Oh, God. And my wife and I both smelt it like, what are you doing, Jeff? He's like, oh, I'm smoking weed. It's legal. You know, we can do that here. Yeah. And then we both kind of looked at each other like, we've never smoked weed before. Not together, ever. <laughs> We woke up the next morning and the fucking house was a disaster. I swear <laughs> to God, we're trying to make mashed potatoes and the, it's burnt to the bottom of the pan. The pan is burnt to the stove. There, we knocked the clock off the wall. It shattered everywhere. And the only memory we can remember is like both of us laying on the floor, rolling back and forth, laughing our asses off. And we would love to re-experience that. But the whole like. It's like I get touched the weed down. I'm so paranoid. I go, God, I'm just touching it. It's probably in my skin now. So, so my husband works in a job where they randomly piss test you. So he can't ever do it with me. So I, I have to do it solo. Um, you know, he can drink and stuff, but it's really not the same. And you're right. Like, I, I never touched weed until it was legal. So I, in high school, I never did it. Um, I think I was just so afraid that I was going to get in trouble for having an illegal drug. Um, but I, I started doing it when it was legal. And I do it on occasion or, like, if I can't sleep, I'll have, like, a third of an edible and then go to sleep. Oh, my God, best sleep of my life. Um, but you do. You get the giggles. And then you eat everything. Do you Like, you have to go grocery shopping the next day because <laughs> there's nothing left. It's like once you get through the sweets and you go through the salty and then you're like, okay, what else is there to eat? Like, are yeah. there sauces that I can just down the sauces? Just start it's like, pouring it's like, barbecue sauce on mashed yes. potatoes. <laughs> but at the same time, you've got this weird cotton mouth that you can never get rid of, even with a gallon of water. So you're drinking all the liquids plus eating all all of the snacks and not doing it very well. I would never get near the stove while I was high. There's no way. You guys are very brave to even attempt that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were obliterated. We were we were drunk as shit, first of all. And yeah. I don't think either one of us really smoked that much. I was probably, if I remember right, it was maybe a half a puff, maybe one full puff. That's it. Because, yeah. you know, if you don't touch it, it just... Just looking at it gets you high. <laughs> right. right. Well, <laughs> like and, and then what I've, what I've heard or what I understand is 
the weed that you could purchase today legally at a dispensary is a lot more potent than what you could get like in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it was bunk skunk weed. It was 10 bucks a gram and like, ugh. Or oregano or whatever. I sold you. I remember one time I I went to the uh, Powell's bookstore and I bought, um, it was a a Tolkien book or Edgar Rice Burroughs, right? He's the one that wrote the uh, the Tarzan series, right? Okay. I I have no idea. He also wrote uh, The Martians of Mars. Okay. Edgar Rice Burroughs is a great book. He's a great author. So I'm like, I, I would buy a bunch of them. And I bought the first one and I rolled through it and I found a pot that had been in there god only knows how many years right i'm like oh i crumbled it up put it in a plastic bag and went right back to pal's books and i bought six more of those damn things and sure oh. enough i found like three more leaves in there really? so i had <laughs> it was it was like, like the 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 og um what what is uh what is the thing that you get on your phone and you can find geocaching oh geocaching yeah, yeah. Yeah. O- OG with a really great price. There you go. Yeah. Because those things were like two bucks back then. So was it really a pot leaf? It was really a pot okay. leaf. So and I tried to smoke it, like... but it like disintegrated as soon as you put a flame Because <laughs> it's been in that book for 10 years Forever. probably. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing there. You can't get stoned out of it. But but when you're a teenager, hallelujah. Anything. Free weed. Yes. yes. Add a little yeah. oregano in it. will smoke. I like how you... <laughs> How you think of it as free weed, even though you bought the books to get Well, he's going to read the book anyway, right? So. Why didn't you just take the weed out and just leave the books there? Because I wanted the books. And now I had oh, a great okay. excuse for buying them. Oh, See? Right. Yeah. Okay. And the, right. the whole thing was is that, you know, you don't want to go through a library and, like, just page by page, right? What if somebody catches you? Is it- <laughs> God forbid. This is God in the forbid, 90s. You should be flipping through a book in a bookstore. Right. Yeah. Did you put that there, sir? You know, and then they cuff you and off to you, you know, off to the who's guy you go. Yeah, so right. you were smoking it before you got there. Super paranoid about <laughs> all the things. <laughs> 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 ah, the high school the days. Book, the book police yeah. are, are there watching and monitoring. God, I miss bookstores. I mean, there, there's a it's, couple Well, Powell's is still around, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's in Portland and. The downtown Portland, kind of right. right? The now. Hawthorne one is closed, isn't it? I have no idea. I think they closed the Hawthorne one and they just have the downtown Pal one. I wouldn't go over there anyway. It's just because it's, it's on super the, sketchy. Yeah, it's on the wrong yeah. side of town. It and, is. you know, it was different. When I was younger and we had boxes and Briggs and the Fish Grotto and all the Panorama and, you know, and the city and all those. Those yeah. are the cool clubs where everybody hung out and everybody's having a good time. But now it's half those buildings are closed and there's right. homeless living out front. And, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Bookstores were awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good place to meet people, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 They used to have a uh, Borders here in Gresham, and we would go there and on a rainy day, which it rains all the time here, surprise, um, and just get a coffee because they had a coffee shop. So you get a coffee, and you sit down, and you just freaking read books all afternoon. It was awesome. Yeah. And I always liked the, the travel books. I always like flipping through the travel books or, like, the event planning books. Travel the, books as in like people go, having gone on travel or uh, travel guides. So like photos of places that you could go and then telling you about like different restaurants and attractions and oh. points of interest in these books. And this is what kind of kicked fired you under the uh, under the butt to go become a because you do travel agency, too. I, don't I, you? I do, yeah, yeah, I do travel. Um, I think the bug for travel came from my mom. So my mom's kind of a wanderlust type person who just likes going places. And so I grew up going on really cool vacations all the time. Like we were always somewhere. My senior year, I almost failed 
because of the combination of us traveling so much and you know i got senioritis so i skipped all the time yeah so i squeaked through and barely graduated um but we we traveled all the time so i think that's kind of where my bug came from yeah and my love for travel and seeing the world yeah, I didn't get to do any of that one. It just we were, any traveling we ever did was either from Michigan to Oregon and then Oregon to Michigan. So yeah. it was well, that's, always that's in a car. That's the hard thing about having a split family across the U.S., right? Your vacations are always going to see family. All of our family lived here, so we just had to go across yeah. town to go see family, and so we didn't have to spend our. My parents didn't have to spend their travel time off going to see family. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, different family dynamics, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And we were poor, too. But you got to watch Hanging Chickens and... Well, you know. Turkey vultures. Tur- okay, but... Hanging Turkey vultures. <laughs> Full circle here. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, and then speaking of murder porn, the uh-huh. reason why I right, why I'm even here today, yeah. why, why are you even here today is um, we, you and I, were working on a project together um, recently, and randomly you spouted out to me some really well, crazy it was fresh news. it was really fresh i just found out like two days before right you know? and then uh because your listeners have no idea yet but no, the, they don't i love I, this tease. i know They're like, what so this is, is happening? this is the great thing is that um i was saying something to my kids so my so my kids are their mom is less than an ideal human being and they don't care much for their mom right and, okay and uh, she's always trying to fix her, herself. And so uh, she just doesn't do it very successfully. Okay. And so my daughter said something to me a couple of days ago. And this is funny because she's 20, she's almost 22 now. And she definitely has her dad's sense of humor. And uh, she was griping on it. She loves my, she loves my wife, Des, and she calls her mom, right? She's just, Des is a great mom and a great person for her. She said something to her and, and said, that, you know, I mean, it's, I, I don't remember exactly something along the lines of, you know, you're comparing you to my, my actual mom, but you know, cause, and then she was kind of chastising her mother in her childhood. Right. right. And, uh, <laughs> And then I said, Alexis, you might have had a really rough growing up, but just remember, you know, it wasn't so bad. You didn't have to deal with your mom your whole life. And you got Des early on. And then she looked at me and she goes, you know what, Dad? You want how bad my life was? My grandmother killed my grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, okay, well... Son of a damn it, she just took it right there, right? right. So that's great. Took, yeah. Took it totally, took the sail, the wind right out of your sail. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. So you blurted that out to me. You said, Hey, Aaron, do you want to know a secret? And I said, yeah. Well, yeah. And you're like, My mom murdered my dad. And I was like, Yeah. Wait, what? Because you were very excited about it. Well, too. Exci- more excited about the news, not necessarily <laughs> excited about the events that surround the news, but more right. just like, Oh my God! You know, I this murder thing is like part of my life now. And yeah, and and so ultimately, I like, I, you know, I mean, I, now I mean, it's been a w- couple of weeks, and I've had some time to really kind of, you know, absorb the the sensation because really the whole thing was is that I I'm the one child that comes from a different father, right? My mom always said his name was Mike Potter, and uh, and I know that she was in love with this guy because she and I don't know that she ever knew that it wasn't right because she would look at me and she'd say, man, every time I look at your eyes, I just think Mike and I just loved him so much. And the story was is that um, her and Mike were really young and that uh, she got pregnant and then he decided that uh, he couldn't raise a child. So he gave her the option of having an abortion or moving on without him. 
right? And so she chose to go the higher road of going, you know, to raising this child without him. And so that's been the whole story. And I remember, like, I my grandmother had to have been a big part of it. I remember young, for a few years there, I did live with my grandma. And I remember, you know, stories. You know, people say things when you're growing up and, like, maybe you don't remember that. But the memory is there because they've always said it. And like, oh, and you were younger. You lived with your grandma. And I remember one time when I was with my grandma and we had pulled into um, in Milano, right? The Chevron in Milano. It's really the only gas station in Milano, right? And we had pulled in there, and my grandma tapped me on the shoulder. She's like, hey, look, there's your dad, and pointed over at him. And I recognized Ron, which is Mike Potter's brother, right? And so it's Ron and Mike Potter. There's four brothers, if I remember right. But um, she pointed at him, and I could only see a scruff of his hair. That was all I could see, just like because the pillar of the, the – I think it was a Ford Pinto. <laughs> like, and so I could only see the scruff from the pillar of it that, and a ball cap. So I couldn't catch the whole f- view of the guy. And uh, and she said, that's your dad. That's Mike Potter. And I'm like, oh, wow. that's I finally got to see my dad. And I was – maybe I was like six years old, right? Oh, very exciting. Yeah. And so I got to see him for the first time. And then when I – actually got to meet him it was uh my sister i i'd given some my sister lived in malala and i was heading out there to go repair a door because her abusive boyfriend threw something through the door and bashed it and then they were going to do an inspection and she had to have a door replaced so i was on my way out there to repair it and i stopped and picked up this hitchhiker because you know why not why not when was this oh well i was 20 so i was 24 maybe 25 I think my daughter had been born at this point. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she so, was, yeah, this is 21 so years, 22 well, years ago. So 2000s, and you're picking a hitchhiker. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, why not? I learned nothing from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Listen, I'm a guy, okay? Okay. So. <laughs> well, one of you in the truck is a serial killer. Yeah, sure. maybe both. Oh. You don't know. That's the statistic. We do know about my mother. That's a statistic. Mm. That is impossible, I think. But, yeah, we do know about your mom. But so anyway, <laughs> you pick up this rando. Hitchhiker. So I pick up this rando, and then we're just chatting on the way out there. And uh, you know, I told him I, you know, I, you know, I lived out in Malala, and, and I went to school out there. Went to high school in Malala for a while, and and we got to chatting about people that we may or may not know. And then um, the subject of Mike Potter came up, and he's like, I know Mike Potter. Right. And so I thought that was interesting. So when I got to Malala and I dropped him off and I saw my sister, I was like, this guy knows Mike. You know, I was kind of excited. Like, this guy actually knows my biological father. And then Sheila, my sister, um, because she lives in Malala, she took it upon herself to start asking around. And then she met a cousin of mine, Rochelle, I think her name was. And uh, she lived in the same apartment complex as my sister. Mm -hmm. And then that's how she got the information and tracked down this Mike Potter guy. Right. And so my my wife at the time, her and I met with him at, uh, I think it's called the White Horse or the Horseshoe, something like that. It's in Malala, Malino before you get to Malala. It's not the White Horse in Malala, right? But this this tavern on the left-hand side. And her and I went there to go meet with them because, you know, we now we're talking on the phone and everything. And so we get to the tavern and we're sitting there and we're waiting and we're waiting and waiting, right? I'm like, this guy's not going to show up, right? And I have no idea what he looks like, but... Finally, this guy walks in and he's with this young lady and they both come up and they, they look right at me and they go, Lloyd, you know, and, and Rachel's sitting with me. And and then they come over and they sit down. The bartender comes over and cards us all. Now, his girlfriend 
is underage, so we immediately have to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and this is your dad. My dad, okay. supposed father, yeah, so right? My okay. dad. That uh, you've never met before. Right. Okay. And so okay. that's my first introduction, right? Yeah. And so, um, and I knew that uh, drugs were a big factor for these people, for the for the potters, right? <clears throat> And uh, and we just you know it's Malala it's the seventies and they just you know, started consuming it and never stopped apparently right sure. yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> too many snacks <laughs> right well uh, so we step outside of the bar and he's like oh, I'm sorry we'll just maybe we'll go uh, we'll go to the park right and so okay well I guess we can go to the park the Chevron's right across the street in Malala Malino right so I just grab a case of beer there and I'm stepping out and then he looks over and he goes well, what, what are you driving and I point over and I think we're driving like. A, a 92 Geo Prism, right? And uh, yeah, that's a nice car. Huh. Imagine that. My son's got a nicer car than me. That's a weird statement from somebody I've never met before, right? But whatever. It's fine. We're just going to go over to the, you know, to the yeah. Chevron. And so we go across the street to the Chevron, and I buy a case of beer. I buy the case of beer because, well, he doesn't have any money, which he could have, like, announced before we even met at a bar, for Pete's sakes. Right. What, was he going to order water? And, <laughs> <laughs> Could like, we have just started at the park? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then we order the case of beer, and I, ho I go back to the place where he is living. He gets to live there rent-free because he's remodeling some drywall or something, right? And so clearly this guy's not, you know, he's not top-notch, you know. <laughs> and we just, the wife and I are sitting there drinking, uh, having a beer, uh, BSing with him. When my wife starts talking, and this is my ex-wife at the time, right? Or back then, it's my ex-wife now. But um, she's talking to the young lady, and they discover that my ex-wife used to babysit her. I swear to this, you can't make this shit up. Right? No. Like, <laughs> like, like, like your whole story is like a fucking snowball and it just picks up. It's just, pick, just picking up whatever's falling in, so, in its path. Yeah, because they, they were like, they got to talking and they were like, they both were like, they lived in Carver for a while. And my ex-wife was like, Carver, yeah. And like, I lived on this one street. And she was like, yeah. And then like, oh, yeah, I lived on the same street. I had this house with the red door. Like, oh, my God, I used to babysit you. And the holy fuck. <laughs> wow. So, and then Mike and I are trying to have a conversation and I'm just scratching my head going, man, this is really, this is, these are my genie, this is my genes, right? Like, I hope I, you know, and I'm still young and I'm, you know, like I'm between jobs, maybe I don't, I think I was working at Home Depot, but I was like a, maybe a store supervisor at the time or something. Sure. And, and uh, not really a, you know, that didn't have a great career, but I'm thinking, my God, I hope I turn out better than this, like renting a basement, you know, or remodeling a house and getting free rent for it, Right. right. Anyway, so we, we hang out for, I think we were there for maybe an hour or two, and then we decided to leave, and then I never really spoke to him again. I saw him once or twice after that when I stopped by the same place, and then he suddenly wasn't there anymore. He must have finished the drywall. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't milk that out. Yeah, so we didn't, uh, we, we never communicated again after that, and that was the end of it. Well, in 2016, when you fast forward, my mom is now on hospice, and so she lives in Malala. And my sister, I think she was living in Salem. Yeah, she was living in Salem now at this time. And then, uh, and so her and I both moved into mom's house because she's on hospice. So we're taking care of her. And and uh, mom never met any. But over the years, she'd made comments. My mom was a wild bitch, if you will. Right? She's just, I mean, she wrote a hard, I, that's the unfortunate thing is you can't share. Like, I'd have a great picture for you. My mom was a sleeveless. She'd buy new t-shirts, sure. rip the sleeves well, off. she was a gypsy joker, right? Uh, well, she was a, a bitch for the jokers, right? Oh, do you yeah. have to be a man to be a joker? 
is that how it works? More I, don't than, I don't know how it works. More than likely. Okay. More than likely. I, I don't know. You could, but okay. a bitch is. She was a, like a groupie. Yeah, more or less. Okay. And All that, right. yeah, right? For okay. lack of a better motorcycle term. Motorcycle gang. Yeah. Ish. So, um, do you but, call motorcycle gang? Is that PC? I don't know. <laughs> it's MC. MC. Yeah, motorcycle club. Okay. Yes, right. it's a club. They, yes, yeah. it is. It's always a clubhouse. You don't go to the gang house. <laughs> Fair <laughs> well, enough. I mean. Fair <laughs> I guess. I guess if you're the police going to arrest, you go to the gang house. If you're a part of the club and you want to hang out, you go to the clubhouse. Right. So yeah. I guess it depends on which. Okay. All right. Yep. So. So, so your mom's rough. Yeah, and she was rough around the edges. She's a rough around the. Is she like for an ex, it just it, one of the her favorite thing to do. She's got a Woody Woodpecker tattooed on right above her ankle, right? And that that Woody Woodpecker was always because the guys would come up and hit on her because she was a good looking. She had huge tits and men love that sort of thing apparently, right? Okay. Like, I'm not one of those. Thank oh, you, mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. because so, yeah, well, she's small frame with a huge. I mean, they're like triple yeah. D's. I think it was, and so these guys would hit on her all the time so she deliberately got that woody woodpecker tattooed on her ankle so that she could always pull her, her pant leg up and go unless you got a dick or a pecker down to your ankle don't talk to me because it was her favorite fun line to get them off right I'm like yeah okay yes all i mean right. it's you know, you know sleeveless cigarette smoking i mean and you know anyway so um mom's house while living there at mom's house during hospice <laughs> on hospice it's always su sur surrounded by all this native american artifact everything is native right horses everywhere pictures everywhere of indians and like you know and uh, the nez pierce was the big thing and then chief joseph was our big thing too and and so it was always because we had so much native in us because our grandmother was native all 100 percent native american right my mom's grandma right so my great grandma 100 percent native american well, after mom passed away, a few years later, I decided I wanted to know exactly how much native I had in me, right? Mm -hmm. So I did the 23andMe, and it turns out I am 98.6% uh, Irish, and there is 0% <laughs> Native American in me, right? Wow. Yeah. So I was never Native American, but it's nice to make the transition, right? When you go from being a Native American to, you know, a, a, just a, a, you know, a born again show. Caucasian. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, is, is there a process to this? Do you have to go over a rope bridge? Or? <laughs> so, yeah. So now, I, I, but the thing with 23 Me, if you're familiar with it at all, have you looked at it? I have not. Huh? Okay. So what 23 Me does is it it's it's very it's different than like the Ancestry one if you've done that one at all, mm -hmm. but uh, the uh, 23 Me kind of it breaks it down. It gives you like a tree. You can do a family tree. So it lists all these other people that have done the 23 and Me, and then how much relation you have, like by DNA, right? How much DNA is connected with you. And of course, on the father's side, it's just va vastly blank, right? But I so saw you go from like my bio blank, bio father blank, to my bio great grandfather blank, to my great or to my grandfather, and then my great grandfather blank. Mm -hmm. Then you move down the great grandfather having children until you get to my first cousin over there, Joseph William Baber, right? And that's where I saw the name Baber for the first time ever, and I thought I thought I had seen it for the first time ever. And then um, maybe it was. I don't I, 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 it, no, because I remember the arrest warrant that my sister found after mom passed away. We were cleaning out some stuff. She found the arrest warrant for mom, you know, for the arrest of Charlene Anderson in parentheses Baber. 
So I had seen it all those back in 2016, but it just right. never registered. And my mom, because you have to understand how she's just a wild crazy and she likes to tell fish stories. So it's always fabricated. You never know. Okay. And like mom always said that, oh, I fucking brought you into this world. I take you out. You know, sure. I, I killed a man before. <laughs> I fucking do it again. I've been to prison. I don't give a shit. I ain't scared of that. Like she's like, oh. wow. <laughs> like uh, it's, she's just and there's nothing that it, she's not very afraid of anything. She, they would yeah. edit, if she felt it, aggravated i remember on the this <laughs> we were on the set of uh the ricky lake show because on my 21st birthday i went to the ricky lake show yeah and <laughs> like, as, like like as an audience member or participant? no we were a participant yeah so um <laughs> oh, i have to look that one up <laughs> on my 21st birthday is when i was on that show right okay and I remember, and the, it's a huge studio, right? You're in New York. It's you're in a giant studio, and then like the um, there's a his side and her side, or I don't know how I remember. It, you know, it's so many years ago. If it was a his side or her side, or it was the um, the complainant and the disputer or whatever, how they break it up. But I could hear her fucking screaming from the. <gasps> Like, I mean, at the top of her lungs. And then one of the um, studio directors comes in and goes, um, Lloyd, your mother is having a, a, a meltdown and we don't know what to do. <laughs> is there any way do you think you could calm her down? Like, oh, oh, dear wow. God. Yes, this is my mother. I, I'll talk to her. Yeah, let me take me over there. <laughs> and she's freaking out because they have her in a fucking silk, silk button-up shirt. <laughs> It's a purple button-up shirt and silk, and she's—I'm not fucking wearing this goddamn thing. Wow! <laughs> like, like you guys, you're better suited just putting her in a tank top, right? Just a black tank top will do you just just fine, right? And then and take that little ponytail thingy because you have this on the side of her hair, right? She's got this big frizzy hair, and it's curly otherwise, but she didn't know how to curl her hair, so she just combed it to sure. be frizzy. But they tried to put her in this weird, like, right-handed, like, bow tie thingy that just, I don't know, like a city lopper kind of, like, okay. drop off the one side. And it was right. just – and I, I – Momo hadn't looked in the mirror yet, so if she had, she would have lost her shit. Oh, my gosh. You're <laughs> like, like, take that off and do this with the thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, anyway, so – um, God, where was I before that segue? Well, so the... what was she on Ricky Lake for? What were you doing? <sighs> Was it a DNA test? No, no, it was, no, it was, God damn it. Don't judge me. You have to hear the story about why it's titled this way first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If I remember right, because this is, again, this is over 20 years ago. I think the title of it was my mom is hitting on my boyfriend. Shut up. Let me tell you the story first. (laughs) I know. It's like, what? No, it's not my boyfriend. So my sister, <laughs> she's she's 14, I think, at the time. And uh, she watched the Ricky Lake show. And they had, the, you know, like, if you'd like to be on the show, our next one is, right? And so yeah. my sister called up. And then they, they're listening to the, you know, the, she tells the story about how my mom had been sleeping with one of her friends, right? <laughs> And your sister's 14. My sister, yes, but I'm sure the guy, I don't know exactly how old he was. My I'm, sister. I, I'm digging this Ricky Lake episode out. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. So. So my sister's boyfriend, or uh, I think it was she was just hitting on her boyfriend or whatever, but he was over, he was like 21 or something. And my mom was just, again, she just says what's on her mind and she'd like to, you know, she was, she's a wild one, damn it. Anyways, so she's telling the story at, to, to the Ricky Lug show, right? And, uh, <laughs> And then they ask her how old she is and then what, you know, how, what my mom was doing at the time. She's like, oh, she's right now. She's dating one of my brother's friends. 
like, yes. Because ironically enough, it was Doughboy is what we called him. And uh, he's the um, he, he worked at Dunkin' Donuts because when I was younger, we would like we had friends that worked at Dunkin' Donuts and the seven, uh, the 76 and then the Taco Bell. So we would go to Taco Bell because at one time I worked Taco Bell. So I knew the managers there at this point and I got free burritos and we'd take them down to Dun- Dunkin' Donuts. We'd trade them for the dun- donuts. Okay. We'd take them to 76 and trade them for either cigarettes or gas, right? Sure. <laughs> that yeah, was our thing. So, <laughs> like, totally makes sense. You just, it's a barter t- system. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so, and so mom, like, because, you know, we're all driving now. We're out of high school. We all have cars. And now we have CBs and we have the squelch mic, mic and squelch thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we play CB tag. So that's how we got our gas to play CB tag. And you could do your change, your gain, and your squelch and stuff to be able to track somebody. So they'd hide in their car, and they'd be talking on the CB the whole time, and we'd find each other. And my mom got into this game with us and loved it because it's what we did after hours, right? And uh, until like 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And so that's how she met Doughboy. And then Doughboy was probably, I don't know, he's in his mid to late 20s. Okay. And so mom was having a good time with him. So that's when she told us probably mutual. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, so uh, <laughs> so my sister told him this, the story about this to the Ricky Lake show and the Ricky Lake show. Well, we would love to have your brother. All right. And then so I ended up getting this call from this uh, Adrian or Aaron or whatever her name is. I can't remember something like that name. Right. And uh, she calls me and she's like, this is so and so studio producer for the Ricky Lake show. And we'd love to have you on our show. And I laugh. I'm like, whatever. I hang up the phone. Right. And then she calls back probably the hour or so later and she goes listen we just got we got your phone number from your sister and she tells me the whole story and like oh wow maybe i'll listen so i i listen i get the information like let me call my sister and i'll call you back find out if this is legitimate or not right and so anyways move forward they they because it's my it's coming up on my birthday that when they're going to fly me out they they, the way the ricky lake show is they fly you in for the day and they fly you out that same day practically right you are in and you are out but because I was coming in and they, they wanted to film on my birthday, they were willing to give me $800 and keep me there for three days. And I get to stay at the Ritz Hotel. Wow, that So was I get nice. to stay in New York for three days on the Ricky Lake Show. Right on. Fantastic. So. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> anyway, so that. Yeah, well, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's put Ricky Lake to the side. We might have to like yeah. talk more about that later. But uh, God, where were you on your story with your mom? Uh, you were talking about how rough she is. Yes, yeah, yeah. she's just okay. about yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because oh, she, she'll take you into this world. She'll take you out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Fish so stories. yes, yes. So, anyways, moving forward about the uh, the arrest warrant. I remember my sister had found it, so I didn't believe. We neither one of us had believed it because we both know our mother and you know how much she likes to embellish and, mm-hmm. I mean, we just assume because when your mom tells you she's fucking killed a man, you just assume she's just. Whatever, mom. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, sure. hasn't everybody, everybody's mom said that, right? I fucking killed somebody. Yeah, I'll take you right out. <laughs> yeah, I guess, okay. right? I don't think so, but. So, yeah. but yeah, then. I truly believe them. Yeah, so like, but then like, I, I get the, I'm curious now about the, why this Joseph Baber, and I never, I still haven't even put this connection together with the arrest warrant yet, because we found it, we just ignored it, and like, whatever, and we still, we actually can't even find it now, because my sister had found it and then sent me a picture of it. But it was, she sent it to me on like the Google meetings or meets or whatever it is, so that the picture was still there, right? Okay. That's how we were able to find the picture because I asked her, I said, did you still have mom's stuff, right? Because, well, I ended up... Because um, w- she passed away when? In 2016. Okay. And so we, she probably found the arrest warrant um, in 2017 after she finally, like, you know, because my sister freaked out and it, she took it really hard, right? Sure. Her and mom were really close and she... 
decided to go back to Michigan to meet her biological father, and mm-hmm. yeah, didn't that didn't pan out so well because he really is a dirtbag, right? And uh, really, that's the one thing is that her, I mean, Mike Potter or Mike Monhead, she likes Mike's, but <laughs> so um, Mike Monhead is my sister's dad and he really is a piece of shit. And I remember that guy. I mean, it, my mom didn't leave him until she was, until I was like uh, 10, 10 or 11 years old. And he really, he would beat the living shit out of her. I mean, just knock the teeth out of her face and everything, you know, just beat the, I mean, I can't even, I, I, I can't embellish enough about how much of a guy, this, this guy is a dirtbag. And I tried, my sister didn't remember. Right. So, cause she was so little at the time, but she wanted to meet him. Mom passed away. And so she took off to Michigan to go meet this guy. And she's only there for a year before I'm sending her money to come home. Right. And she she drove across. She had this minivan pulling a damn U-Haul trailer, a little 10-foot trailer. And she's got her five kids, three pit bulls, and two cats in this fucking car. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. All the way from Michigan. Yeah. Wow. Slid out of control over in Montana. And then, uh, yes. Anyway, so that not part of the story. <laughs> Just my sister doesn't she treads a lot of the same road that my mom did right? oh. <laughs> yeah. well the fact that she has her sanity after that road trip is yeah incredible. so anyway so uh um god where was i before that i get so many I, I, so many side so stories many here yeah, i like it <laughs> you know, you're you talking about how you your mom embellishes things. yeah and so when she had found the arrest warrant we just yeah. we just we kind of just like how like that's mom right you know it's not it's dated 1976 ah, that's mom she's the one that kind of probably in 1976 found a typewriter and made this thing up and just you know whatever or she stole one from somewhere and i remember she used to date this officer willie lanier who was uh oregon city police department right and out of oregon city and and so I, I just assumed, ah, oh, maybe he gave her an arrest warrant or, you know, some kind of sarcastic sure. something or other so she could just, look at this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I did do it. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's totally our mom. So we just, whatever. Anyway, um, when I see the Joseph William Baber, I, I don't see, there's so far a connection, just did it, you know, disconnected. I thought, well, that's probably just because the potters are all drug addicts and they don't have any damn money, right? Yeah, they're not <laughs> so, doing their DNA testing. But... Um, somehow one of, uh, so Ron is, uh, is, he's, like I said, Mike's got a few brothers, right? And so there's, um, Francis, there's Ron and there's Mike. And I think there was one other one that I don't remember anything, you know, I, I don't know the Potters, right? Sure. But Francis, um, I don't know how we became friends on Facebook. We've been friends on Facebook for years now, right? And so that's kind of how I connected, stayed connected with the Potters just by talking to Francis. He's a really nice guy. And he doesn't talk to any of the other Potters because they're all drug addicts. And he was very clear, Lloyd, I'd like to be your friend, but if you ever do drugs, that's the end of it. No, not, okay, you don't have to worry about that for me, right? right. Anyway, so I, I got really curious when I can't make any connection of all the, because it shows you trees and all the families and there's nowhere on that family anywhere does it say Potter. So I got, I'm like, wow, I, I messaged Francis. I'm like, hey, can I send you a 23andMe? I want to see what the results are going to be. And uh, he's like, yeah, sure. You know, you're my goddamn nephew. You know it, right? I'm like, I appreciate that. Thanks, bud. So I sent him the 23andMe. <laughs> We may wait about a month. We finally get the results, and he sends them to me. And I'm looking at my 23andMe, and I'm looking at his 23andMe, and our trees don't have anything connected whatsoever. Completely different trees. Mike and Potter is not my father. Mm-hmm. Well, what the? I. You know what? I remember that damn arrest warrant thing. So I started messaging my sister, please go through your stuff. And she looked and looked and looked and looked, and she just could never find it, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, I don't know where it ever went, right? And then, like, it was like two or three days before I met with you to do the thing that my sister had found the picture on that she had sent me through the Google Meets or whatever. She found it again and sent it back to me. And I was like, <gasps> Baber, that's that Joseph William Baber guy on my 23andMe. That's the connection, right? So I've been doing the research now. And, and he's a cousin, right? He's a first cousin, first, yes. Okay. First cousin once removed or first cousin? I don't know. We I have don't like know how those things work. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. It's I, the once removed is like a like a because it's the generation above you, right? Or generation below you kind of thing. So you're one generation away from each other, being your cousins, but they're you're only cousins because your parents are old. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I thought those were second cousins. Ah, damn it! I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> There's a generation something right yeah, there I, as far I, as the I gap have goes. No idea. Anyway, okay. so doesn't make sense. So I'm looking at the I got the arrest warrant now and I've got the, at least a picture of it anyways and I'm looking at the arrest warrant and there it clearly states uh, the arrest of Charlene Ann Anderson and in parentheses Baber, right? For the uh, uh, for the murder of deceased husband. Which why it says it seems I don't know redundant to do that. Deceased uh, for the murder of deceased husband. Well, you don't murder you don't you murder living people, but <laughs> like and, yeah, it feels like a little, a little yeah redundant. Anyways, yes. that's why I was like when I read it the first time. I'm sure you know back in like 2017, it was just, whatever bullshit, right? Right. Moving on, but uh, anyway, so uh, I see that arrest warrant. It's dated for 1976. It's June 2nd, right? June, July. Yeah, June 2nd, 1976. I'm born March 19th, 1977. So if you do the math, right, it is 41 weeks and three days from the arrest warrant. So that's in the average gestational period is 40 weeks. It can go 42. Sure. 43 is not yeah. unheard of, yeah. but it's unlikely. But I do remember my mom saying, you were a stubborn motherfucker and you never wanted to come out. <laughs> so so I, obviously, and then uh, now I, I've talked to my mom's best friend who met my mom in 1980. And she said, I remember when I met your mom and you guys lived over there off Audis. <clears throat> On Baton Road, mm -hmm. which is Baton Road is no longer Baton Road anymore. It's a Home Depot on 82nd and Johnson Creek, right? Okay. So <laughs> that used the to be. The whole neighborhood doesn't exist. Yeah, the whole thing's gone. Because I used to, yeah, I, it used to be a movie theater. It was yeah. a drive in movie theater and okay. it was a school. And then there was the apartments that I, I remember actually living in those apartments because I would walk across the street to the school. I didn't take a bus, it was right, right across the street, right? And so that's when she met her, <clears throat> my mom, and, the, and she was pregnant with my my other sister, Ruby, right? And, uh, and that was in 1980. And so my brother was already born. So it's where she gets the math starts getting really crumbly, right? She's like, and I remember your mom telling me that uh, she did serve time for murdering somebody, but it was uh, it was a matter of domestic uh, dispute, domestic violence, right? right? So it had been the charges had been reduced from murder to manslaughter. I don't know whatever number, whatever, right? And she's like, I was pretty confident that it was a true story because I remember t her telling me that she shanked a girl in the stomach with a fork because she. <laughs> Because the bitch wouldn't stop talking and wanted to, wanted to say, you know, said something to you or whatever, like right. pissed my mom right, off. Right. And she just stabbed her in the Shut stomach. Shut her up. I stabbed <clears throat> her in the stomach. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, that's my mom. I remember uh, a time when uh, um, cell phones were fairly new and we're young and we have cell phones and all of us have cell phones and we never paid the bill and uh, they took our phones away from us. They probably didn't take our phones away, but they took the bill away, right? Mm -hmm. Or they went to our 
credit or whatever. And so I ended up calling my mom because we cut somebody off on the freeway and these people are just chasing us down the freeway now. And so the same area, right? That Batten Road, it's not Batten Road, but there's a con Batten Court, right? It's There's a church that's right behind that Home Depot and there's a, so it's a cul-de-sac that goes back there and that's where we lived <clears throat> or my mom lived anyways. And so we're heading to my mom's house and uh, I called her and this, I'm, I'm just, I'm panic stricken. I'm like, these motherfuckers keep, they're just chasing us down the freeway and there's like, there's like three or four teenagers in this car, right? Yeah. And she's like, that's all right. Just come to the house. I got this shit. <laughs> so we. <laughs> I'm sure she did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're pulling into the cul-de-sac and my mom's standing right there in the middle of the driveway. And she's like, just she points at her, points us to drive around the side of her as she raises this pistol up and points it right at the windshield of that car behind us. They immediately backed up and we never fucking saw that truck again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She had some wild times. There was a time in the, um, the bowling alley. Is it, yeah, it's a bowling alley over in Rockwood. Is it Rockwood Bowl? Is that still there? It's right behind it's the not, Taco Bell. No, it's I, – I, yeah, I think they tore it down. Okay. Behind, like, where the police station – not the police station, but the courthouse is now. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think that used yeah. to be the old bowling alley right there, right? Uh, and uh, I <laughs> – We went there once, and we called it Bloody Bowling because there was a – full-out brawl yeah there. yeah well that's what happened this time around too man we were, we we're a friend and uh this with my friend brandy she was just she's a good-looking girl and she liked to front and so she was like two different there's rival gangs there and she's over talking to one getting a drink from one and it goes over to the other and gets a drink from the other and i some like i don't know how the whole thing it just it exploded into this big brawling screaming match and then guns were branded and then my mom pulled out her pistol and started shooting it in the fucking air oh <laughs> get in the goddamn car and so brandy and i jump in this fucking car and she's shooting it out the window i'll fucking kill every motherfucker here and she's doing burning and her and her Trans Am or Firebird fuck in the parking lot and blasts out of the Taco Bell parking oh lot. <laughs> she was a force to be reckoned oh, with. Wow. I tell you what. Wow. <laughs> and I'm out. Dang. Yeah. Fucking! I'll kill every one of you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I believe that she killed somebody. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm like just, just based on that, you 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 weren't a hundred percent certain that sometime in her life she murdered somebody. Well, I mean, because you got like this is just I'm like there are people that aren't really as brazen as they like to push them. You know, my mom. I don't. Your know. mom has proven it. <laughs> also, it feels like it was self defense. It could have been, and I don't know. Not, you know, it's like, but re- she was. Remind everybody listening how old your mom was. Oh, she at was 16, right? So, because she had me when she was 17, because my mom was born in 1959, October 23rd, 1959, right? right? So they can help do their own math if they want to. And I'm born March 19th, 1977. And the warrant is issued June 2nd, right? And so if you do them, I, I don't know how the courts. June 2nd. Yeah, 1976. Yeah. But I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, I don't. How quickly would they issue a warrant, right? Did they issue the warrant a week later? Is it, uh, I would assume, a day or two later, right? Well, yeah. I would would assume it'd be really quick. Yes. I wouldn't imagine they're like, well, it's been a month. Let's go check this. (laughs) Yes. Let her have her summer. Right. I don't don't think it works that way. So my my next goal, because I've been like, I've been, I started emailing, um, the uh, Multnomah County is where I started, and Multnomah County sent me to the DA's department. The DA department sent me over to – like I went to four or five different departments. And because the warrant is issued and um, in an address, Multnomah County, right, but it's in Beaverton. And so when you at, when you Google that address – and I can't tell what that address is. If that was an old police department or if that was the house that the, they – 
issued the warrant to, right? It okay. looks like an address that they would have issued the warrant to. So when you look at that address now, it doesn't exist because it's on Fremont Way. And while we know Fremont is a giant fucking bridge, there's no way. It's a huge double-decker bridge, right? Right. So in Beaverton, there, and anyways, but like that address kind of correlates to a spot, but it's now, it's Beaverton, which is now Washington County. Sure. So then they Right. So they moved me over to Washington County. And, and the last person I spoke to over there is the DA's department for Washington County. And she said, on the bright side, I can't find anything about it right now, but on the bright side is I work with a lot of cold case detectives. And I just, all I've been doing is forwarding the thread so they can see that I'm talking to every one of these damn departments. And, right. and you know, so they can like, because she's just like, I can see you're desperate to figure out some information. I'll talk to one of these cold case detectives. And so I haven't reached out to her now in about, it's been a week or so, and I haven't seen if, if she's okay. managed to get anybody to, follow up but my next goal is to basically go to the oregonian because 16 year old girl in this in 1976 i'm assuming shoots because my mom was a you know really small oh it doesn't say how yeah how just the murder right yeah oh, okay. she, you know and it's and if it was reduced to manslaughter she didn't poison him right we can eliminate that Have right you looked at any of the uh what's it called fish fisher no when you used to go to the library and you looked at yeah, the that's, film. Yeah, that's that's yeah, called? microfilm, Micro, right? Or fish. Microfish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Look at us, our powers combined. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you gone through any of that? No, that's my next thing? goal, okay. right? That's okay. what I'm saying because in 1976, a 16-year-old kills somebody. It's going to be in the fucking papers regardless, right? Yeah. They might redact some of the information, Especially you know, so when it was a 16-year-old husband right so can we, can we, let, let's not forget the fact that your mother yeah was a 16 year old wife yes and so the th it's and that's completely legal you didn't have to have parental permission back in the 70s right, right. i've done that much research in the 70s it was just like it's it's and a free-for-all at 16 she knows why they got married right was it arranged right. was it because she got pregnant she had to marry this person was, yeah, was and, she in love? I yeah, mean, and so I actually I talked to Mike, actually Mike Potter, right? Mm -hmm. I, I talked to him um because Francis gave me his phone number. I'm like, at this point I don't mind, I'm gonna reach out to the guy and talk to him, right? Because right? he's not my biological dad, and I'll gladly I'm happy to share that information now. Yes. Finishing your drywall, I'm assuming, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so I call him up and uh, and he's like, Oh hey Lloyd, yeah, how's my son doing? I'm like, Well, I got news for you, bud. Like, yeah. So and uh, and I'm like, I wanted to get more information, like and so mom this is back in like malala back they lived in beaver creek apparently and okay. so my mom and my grandma and everybody my grandma's passed away she passed away probably 20 years ago so i don't really have any remaining family my mom has a brother who lives in iowa but he doesn't talk to anybody on the side of the family and he just sure. okay there's no i don't know just, no, no more elders yeah and she does have a she's got a sister but she lives in like georgia or something okay. and she is not with the world so gotcha. that's it it's, I don't really have any other. It's just my little sister and I. That's it, and uh, and a brother that lives in Michigan that I'll never talk to. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, so um, I, I had no no other options but to talk to you know to, as far as finding the information out and all that. It's just her her, uh, her best friend, but I forgot where I was going with the story because I get so sideways on things. But yeah, well, there's a lot going on. Well, you oh Malino, right? Yeah. So they lived in Malino in Beaver Creek, right? And so um. 
when Mike told me the story, he said that uh, they lived in Beaver Creek, and the only way he actually knew her, because they went, they didn't go to school together or anything, he met her because my grandmother uh, was best friends with his mom. So Florence and uh, Mike Potter's mom's name is Sherry, I think it was, right? Okay. And so they were absolute best friends. So grandma would just load up the kids and head on over there. And that's how my mom knew Mike Potter. And then they were just lovers, right? Hanging out, you know, I don't right. know, bushing, who's you know, in the bushes or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, However you do. So well, he's that, like. That would have had to have been really young because, you know. We go back yeah, but, to the 16-year-old bride thing. Yeah, so again, though, but you go to the, like... Somebody in their high school or middle school had to have known both of them at one time, right? Well, and I asked him if story. he ever knew the if he ever knew the, the name Baber or anything. He's like, oh, your mom was married that time and he had no idea, right? Like, Weird. Yeah, so he doesn't know anything and Does Francis didn't know anything. he was? Uh, Mike Potter is that yeah. I think it's no, a no, year. No, not Mike Potter. Oh. Baber. No, and there's no information on him, right? And it's Kate, so it's Kate William Baber, which is Kate William Baber. Yeah, K E A T H. Now, was that a typo? Was it Keith William Baber? Did they spell it wrong? Or well, you know that the only people who get three names are serial killers, right? Oh. <laughs> no, I. Kate, but it's Kate. Kate William Baber. That is that. See, that is a very unique name. I almost feel yeah, like yeah. I know you'd think you'd be able, able to find, find something, right? And so yeah. I ordered it in the ancestry, um, whatever that is. Yeah, this whole ancestry thing to yeah. to see if there's more. And that's kind of cool because that actually it, it's not like the twenty three and me. I don't know. I haven't got the DNA thing yet because I just sent the DNA mile four or five days ago. And okay, it, so you're, you've done both then. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for the DNA on that one. Wow. They haven't received it yet because they just sent it, like, I think it was on Friday or whatever. Yeah. But Yeah, and so we'll see how that one pans out. But what the cool thing about that one is is that they're um, connected with old schools and, like, you know, like yearbooks and oh, stuff like sure. that. So, And then they're online with marriage certificates and everything like that because I was – you put in your information and then it'll ask you, you know, are you linked to this? And so it gives you a long list of stuff that you can go, oh, yeah, that is when I did marry that woman. I do remember her. <laughs> like, yes, I did that. Yes, yeah. Oh, and like, oh, here's yeah. one where I divorced her. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Wow, you guys are real smart. <laughs> wow. And so it starts to create its own little genealogy for you right. along the way, right? And so, I mean, I, I tried to add the stuff in there for Kate William Baber, but I don't know a date of birth. I don't know how old he is or anything like that. So there's no – but no Kate pops up. There's Keith, right? Is there a Keith William Baber? Yes, there's oh, a few okay. of those, okay. right? And so that's why I'm I'm wondering if maybe there's some kind of a – but possible. And so I talked to Joseph. He's the uh, the – first cousin or whatever and he lives in virginia and he says he doesn't remember any about the babers moving out to oregon or even there's but he he was able to give me the genealogy up to his great up to his grandparents i guess right so that connects i'm just missing um his great would be my great grandparents because his they're his grandparents right so that connects it puts me up to my great grandparents, mm-hmm. essentially, right? So I'm missing my father and my great grand, or my my father and my grandfather on that side. So, yeah. you know, it is the interesting thing is is that maybe there's some grandparents that are missing a son, never knowing that, you know, because yeah, you know what I mean. Like yes, possibly they, they he might maybe he was an only child. Could have been a closed case, especially if they spelled his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and then at the time they weren't sharing information. There was no. 
big database that everybody's using. They were yeah. they were essentially cannibalizing each other's stuff and and just not sharing and and saying, oh no, that's that's my case. I'm not sharing anything with it. You have to share with me. And so there wasn't this great information flow out there yeah. like there is today. So it's very possible that his family has no idea what happened to him. Yeah, because I assume I, I I I strongly speculate that my mother had no idea that she I you know I, again it's just all those times it's just those blue eyes Lloyd they just remind me of your dad and I miss Mike and yeah. you know how many times that she would say that that you know I have no idea what color Kate's uh, you know this Baber guy's eyes are you know like maybe they were blue too maybe wow. she had a blue eyed thing I don't I don't know but yeah. so I. But I mean, if you do that, if I of course it's all speculation at this point. You can, but you can kind of break the the timeline down. But if so, she thinks that Mike was. So show clearly she was sleeping with him, right? Right. So if you're sleeping with Mike, maybe Keith caught you sleeping with Mike, <laughs> or she admitted it and because because right. Mike Potter has no idea that Keith William Baber ever existed. Yes. So um, clearly, maybe she had confessed. Like, hey, you know, and maybe I don't think she was pregnant, but, or she didn't know she was pregnant. Clearly there's not, right. you know, 41 weeks and three days, or we'll say four days, right? right. Because it's, the, it's the day before, we'll give it the day before the warrant was issued, right? Unless they issued it the same day or whatever, but it doesn't give me a timeline or exactly like 10 a.m. or whatever. Is there a marriage certificate or anything that you've been able to find? No, that's no. the other part, right? I was able to find um, where she married Mike Potter and then my, the guy I call my dad, which is uh, Bob Scaife, I, or Robert Scaife. I, I met him when I was 11, right? And he raised me as his son. And so she married Mike Potter. Mike Monhead, sorry. Oh, oh, gosh, there's too sorry. many Mikes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so she married so she Mike Monhead. three times. Supposedly, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she never married the last one. Um, they were just together forever. And Rick was a nice guy. He's, it, he was with her to the end until she passed away. And finally, she it took her a while, but she finally found a man that was respectable. Right? That's good. Not that my dad wasn't. I mean, my, my dad, Robert Scaife, right? I, right? I loved him, but she cheated on him with the drummer. Because... <laughs> So he had good reason to leave her. Your mom's rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. He yeah. was a drummer. Well, so it sounds like you need to find more information, and then eventually I need to have you back on here to talk more about what the results the, are. What the yeah. results? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it, if she's in jail, you can speculate. If she's in jail, my birth certificate clearly says I was born at OHSU, right? So I would speculate that they, again, speculation, but they would have, she'd have been serving time, right? She's a juvenile, a juvenile, so she's probably at Donnelly Long, right? That's the one down on like 63rd and Gleason. Okay. I'm, I, again, speculation, You, it's conjecture, but. Um, and they probably won't give you your records because she was a juvenile. Right. And so she would have been transported from juvie down to OHSU where she would have given birth and then went right back. And then I would have lived with my grandma, which was. Where I remember, you know, people like, oh, yeah, you lived with your grandma for the longest time, right? And I, you know, but I, I was so young, I didn't, you know, I right. didn't register who, where, why, why would I bother asking questions? I'm just sure. a kid, I don't care, whatever, sure. like, you know. Well, and your, and your, and your next sibling was born, was, was Leonard. And I don't remember Leonard's. I don't have any desire to reach out to him to find out what his date of birth is. Right. But um, and do you know who his father is? You speculate. Uh, so um, is he in your? So you he's in your family tree. He's so as can, a half brother, so right? So you could see who his father is. If he's if in he your was if he tree? had done the twenty three and me, that's oh, the okay. only way, right? Okay, so you're only right. connected okay, if you've sure. done like the test yourself. Sure. Otherwise, you can with uh, the so ancestry. It's 
that she was in jail when he was conceived, either by a conjugal visit or a jailer? Uh, well, she would have been out. So the thing is, is that um, I have an officer friend of mine, and uh, um, I've I, I've been talking to him about it. And he's yeah. you know, he's only been he's only been on the force for twenty two years or so, like mm -hmm. that. So he can't give me a whole lot of detail. But the average, he says, back in the seventies, because he had talked to uh, Mike Reese, who is uh, has been around for quite a while, right? And so sure. um, the information he was like, yeah, back then, there's the, when they do this, the charges usually at that at that age, you are um, when you're convicted. You could either be convicted as an tried as an adult, which doesn't sound like it would have been the case because you know, or, or so you're, you're you only serve until you're 18. So when she had turned 18 in October, she could have got out and then had my my brother right. Okay. <laughs> like, so that one kind of maths out right, and okay. then you know, so shortly later she would have met her friend Sandy and mm -hmm. who gave me the information. So wow. Yeah. Thank oh. You. Wow. Thank you. We're. Uh actually out of my podcasting time, but I really, <laughs> this was awesome. Um, thank you for sharing your story. I know it was crazy to find out and I'm sure it, I mean, it, it feels like a big knot to untangle. All these things that you thought you knew about yourself are completely different now. Yeah. The only scary part is, is it not knowing anything about the Keith Baber guy, you know, I, what, what does that say about me? You know, I mean, I guess the good, the bright side is, is that I'm not the son of a drug-infested, you know, drywaller. Hopefully not. <laughs> right? Hopefully you know, not. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, well, I, could... yeah, I mean, and how old was he? And, and you know, yeah, there's so many questions. Yeah, I know. Like, could, maybe he was why his... were they married? Right? Were they in the? Was he in his thirties, marrying a sixteen-year-old? I would hope that's not the case. I mean, I don't look at sixteen-year-olds for God's sakes, you know. Right. Like I have yeah. sixteen year olds. The only way I would yeah. look at them was with the back of my hand. I was like, "What are you doing?" That's I'm right. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and 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 it's it's um, and I and I keep thinking, you know, as a sixteen year old in a marriage feels very, very stuck. It feels very much like a desperation. But you know feel. that, yeah. But that, well, understand too that that crazy as it sounds, fourteen is on average worldwide. Average age is 14. We are indoctrinated into the 18 because we're we're the United States, and 14 sounds completely and utterly disgusting to us. You move to just about any other country outside of here, and 14 is very normal. Really? It's 14. Wow. What do you mean? It's 14. Right. Women come of age at like 12, 13 years old, so they got plenty of time to think about. It. So you know what I mean, like that. That's that's a huge U.S. thing, and it, I mean it's kind of growing because let's let's face it, I. There's a reason it should be 18 or better. Right? You don't make very good decisions as a 14-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, you're just not, don't have enough experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, anyway. I appreciate you. You bet. <laughs> <laughs>